0: This episode of Dance Lives in Detroit is presented by Laura Raich. A quick note before starting the episode, this podcast was recorded at the end of February, so certain aspects of the episode will be out of date or not entirely accessible due to the current impact of COVID-19. For accurate updates, check out Skills' and Skillset Movement Studio social media channels and website today. and welcome to Dance Lives in Detroit. I'm your host, Brie Verde Oliveira. Today I have with me an extremely multi-talented individual. He's the winner of one of the 2018 Gilda Awards. He's starting a brand new studio, a thoroughly invested member in our dance community here in Detroit. Please welcome Brandon Skills Burton.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Bree. I'm yeah. super excited about everything going on and really happy to be here on the show.
0: I'm very happy to have you. I mean, that's of course why you're one of my first people to invite onto the pod because like you're doing so many great things here and i just want people to hear about it i want to talk to you about it
1: thank you i'm trying i'm really really trying i really 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 <laughs> trying it's a lot but i think it's worth it so
0: i don't think you would be doing it if it wasn't
1: worth it just yeah. like
0: hearing all the stuff that you're doing it's like yeah yeah okay well let's just dig right into it i want to go back to the beginning for you in terms of your relations with dance. When did it
1: start? I started playing around. I'm not sure who told me I could dance, (laughs) but um, I was actually in the eighth grade and I went to a school dance and I just started, you know, moving around and dancing and everybody was like, wow, you're really amazing. And teachers and, you know, my friends and they were like, you should start a dance team. And I'm like, what? I've never danced. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, let's, Let's try. And so, my eighth and ninth grade year, I went to um, a school that's now closed. It's in Redford, and I just started a dance team. Um, what was
0: the school called?
1: It's called Pearson Educational Center. Um, and actually, a good friend of mine, who's shout out to him. He's actually a prominent member in the community as well. His name is Devon Campbell. He goes by Uriel.
0: I love Devon.
1: He is uh, one of my best friends, and he was actually there. So he was a senior when I was a freshman and he helped me start that dance team. Mm. And so it's like funny how we, have you know, become these people that are like thriving and doing things in the community because that's where it all started for us both. So kind of started there. Um, and then I had a parent and I always tell this story because it, it really changed my life. I had a parent who told me, you know, you're really good, but you'll never go anywhere. And I said, hmm. Yeah, that's always rough to hear, especially when to a parental figure. Right. And so I said,
0: "Oh,
1: okay. Well, why do you, you know, what what do you mean by that?" And she said, "You're great, but you don't have technique." And I said, "Well, what's technique?" And she said, "Ding ding ding ding. ding. <laughs> <laughs> the big question, we're all." Asking. She said, "Um, like ballet and modern and jazz and you just need more structure and you need to be able to make yourself more versatile. I said, well, isn't that for girls?
0: But not even that. That's also like particularly codified Western Mm -hmm. dance, Mm -hmm. which does not dictate technique, but that's a whole separate side.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is what she said. And I was completely unfamiliar with all of it. And so I said, well, isn't that for girls? And she said, well, it's for people who are serious about dance. And I said, oh, okay, well.
0: Was this adult in the dance world or is it just like a personal belief that they had?
1: I think that maybe she danced as a child. You know, this is her belief. And so I said, okay. And I kind of brushed it off, but I was secretly intrigued. Mm -hmm. And so um, I asked my parents like, hey, I think I really like this dance stuff. Like, can I I do it for real? And they were like, "Mm -hmm." I don't know. And so- I secretly went to like dance studios and Mm -hmm. tried to like train and I would like say, hey, I will do anything. I just want to dance. Like my parents don't know that I'm here. What did
0: they think you were doing?
1: Well, I was one of those kids that was involved in everything. So um, I was in sports. I was in all of the academic games and just everything you can think of. So my parents was like, oh, he's just at Just practice somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was a good kid. So they're like, you know, he's trustworthy. He's somewhere doing whatever he does mm-hmm. as long as he's home by the time we tell him. And so then I asked, I was a part of a program that's actually still going. Um, it's called Mosaic Youth Theater. And I was there for mostly singing. And so I asked my parents, like, hey, can I go to a performing arts school? And they were like, oh, you sing and you act and do all of these other things. That's fine. But I really wanted to go for dance. (laughs) I really wanted to go for dance. So my parents had this thing against Detroit Public Schools. And so they were like, you need to go to a school out in Inkster, which was not better at all. And so my sophomore year, that was my first real exposure to technique. I started doing ballet, I started doing modern jazz, things of that nature, and that's where I really started dancing, where I really got formal instruction on a consistent basis. And ultimately, that's what led me to Marygrove, because all of my teachers went to Marygrove. They were like, hey, you need to think about pursuing this regularly on a more serious level, and I was definitely interested, so, you know, kind of how I got started.
0: Wow, what a complicated tapestry.
1: Yes. Yes, definitely.
0: So like you said that was your segue into Marygrove Was Marygrove always gonna be the university option for you? Or did you were you looking at other programs? and also how did that go over with the parents when you said I'm gonna go for dance?
1: So um, no, that was not. I, at six years old, I had my entire life planned out. <laughs> just
0: I haven't planned mine out since last year. <laughs> yeah.
1: And six years old, I said, well, I'm going to be a doctor and a teacher. So if my students get sick, I can help them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go to Renaissance High School. And then I'm going to go to Morehouse in uh, Atlanta. And this was my life and everything just blossomed and I said well no I want to be a pediatrician slash gynecologist and then I said okay I'm gonna be an OBGYN and that way the kids that I birth I can teach them at school somehow because (laughs) that's not too complicated (laughs) and you know I just had it all figured out work so I thought and then
0: but from the sounds of it 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 always seemed like you have this this need to help yes. people oh, it's been in deep in your bones
1: always i don't know where it came from but i i definitely always had a willingness and a desire to help just and, in general yeah so, and
0: like looking at the body of work you've been doing it's you can see that's translating into yeah. it
1: so again i sophomore year i saw a contemporary duet and it was just mind-blowing and i had never seen contemporary dance And I said, that's what I want to do with my life. Ever since then, it's what I've been doing. So I said, well, I think I'm going to go to school for dance. And they were like, what? Excuse me? Yeah, they were like, you can do anything in the world. And you're so smart. And why don't you go for what you said you've been wanting to go for? Or, you know, anything.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, like, I think that's something that, There is a stigma that like dancers aren't always necessarily Mm -hmm. smart, but there is a certain level on both like emotional as well as like academic, like intellectual ability to be a dancer is, you you know, it's like, (laughs) you have to know your body. You have to know history. You have to know education. Exactly. There's so many things that come together.
1: And they didn't, they just didn't understand. And so they, my, um, my mom and my stepdad, they, they just had this whole against it and they didn't like to admit it because overall they were pretty supportive but i was a self-sufficient kid so they were like oh brandon as long as he you know his grades are fine and you know he just does all of the things that he does like i found a way to pay for all of the activities i was in how i don't know you know so they i was the kid that they didn't have to worry about and Mm -hmm. so dance they were resistant against and honestly it wasn't until probably when i graduated
0: from university or high <laughs> yes,
1: school from university when they were finally like okay i'm like, bored all right well you know this is what you're doing like you've got the degree now because even while i was in school and i was doing professional work and events and traveling teaching and choreographing they were like uh well you know that's great but you could always change your mind and Which um, I'm sure was just feeling you more and oh, more to like keep doing it. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. And so it wasn't until I finally, emphasis on finally, and for those who know me, you know that it was a struggle for me to get the degree because um, just the way the program was and how my life was. But when I finally got it in 2017 mm-hmm. is when my parents were like, Okay, we approve, and we're supportive, and we're all in. So that was a great feeling.
0: Yeah, I mean, better late than never, Yeah, right? of, course, and of like, course. Of course, I could have used
1: this during those oh years. four years. yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So now they're, like, my biggest fans, and my mom, like, works for the studio, and she's oh, that's all so great. like, it's so nice, it's so nice, and she kind of, like, keeps me sane with everything that I'm doing, and it's just beautiful, so...
0: Well, I'm glad that they're they're backing you. Yes. Speaking more to your time at Marygrove, so during those four years at Marygrove, you said you had some challenging times. Do you care to share some of Ooh. those?
1: Um, let's see here. Well, every time was was <laughs> challenging every day. Um, first off, I I put myself through school, so my parents did not um, support, not because they, you know, because of the whole dance thing, but more so because they just weren't in a financial position to do so. And I think a little bit, a little teeny weeny bit of it had to do with the fact that it was dance. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one thing. And I wasn't living with them either. So like I was pretty much on my own, figuring it out. And then I was trying to, again, I was always self-sufficient. I was (laughs) hard-headed. So uh, it was one of those things where you know, my directors, Marygrove was ran like a conservatory, so uh, more
0: choreograph- uh, choreography, performance-based technique. Exactly, all that kind of
1: stuff. exactly. Definitely, lots of technique. We took ballet four times a week, um, modern four times a week, jazz once or twice. tap. like you know, we were really they were really into the codified techniques mm-hmm. um, and things of that nature. So. You were just expected to be there and they pretty much owned you, which is a great thing in terms of getting better. And that's why that's ultimately why I decided to stay there is because mm-hmm. I knew that or I felt like I was lacking technically because I started so late. So I needed a place that was like a family like environment, but that was like
0: they would push you, yes, and they get would you push where you me. wanted to
1: be. Exactly. But doing that and trying to support yourself. It's a lot. It's a lot. You know, being a beginning choreographer, like you don't make the big bucks necessarily starting off. So I would teach at numerous studios. Sometimes I might be serving or I might be, you know, doing little odd jobs and The things. standard
0: numerous hustles. Of, course, of
1: life. Of course. And so um, I always had at least two jobs plus, um, you know, trying to balance being a double major or, well, being a dance major at Mary Grove was pretty much like being a double major within itself. But then- How come? Well, because again, they ran it like a conservatory. So all of the classes, um, there were so many classes. And then there were, of course, the rehearsals and things, because we would have a class that was called Dance Theater Performance, which is actually what the degree was in. And it was like our performance credit. So we would have rehearsals and all of those rehearsals would be like maybe one or two credits. Essentially be getting graded for coming to the rehearsals and, you know, things of that nature. And we had performances outside of school, some in school. So it was all a part of sculpting the kind of dancers that we became and and that I am today, honestly. And
0: you think being put through the ringer like that, like you feel like you were ready once you graduated?
1: In some ways, yes. <laughs> oh, is that in all yeah, yeah, I don't think you ever feel ready, like completely, but technically I felt pretty sound. Like when I would go out of town or when I would go audition, I knew what was going on, which was an amazing feeling. I knew like, oh, this is what, no matter what style I had, either a general or a really good idea of what was going on. And if I wasn't prepared in other ways, you know, that was something else. But technically, which is why I went to mm-hmm. Mary Grove, I, I almost always felt prepared. So even if I felt like, oh, I'm not the best in the room, which I feel like is common, you know.
0: Yeah, I think we all have that to some degree. and It's yeah. a
1: whole personal battle we all Right. <laughs> I, against. I knew what was going on, though. That was the important thing, so. So, yeah, it, it was tough, but it was definitely worth it. It was definitely worth it. Looking back, I wish I would have explored a lot more. Like I said earlier. No well, my teachers from when I started, they were graduates of Mary Grove. One of them who I'm still in contact with, and she's actually um, the ballet mistress for the studio now. She Her name is Deborah Chavini-Miller. She was a teacher at Marygrove, and um, she was also a teacher at the performing arts school I went to my sophomore year. So she's the one who kind of convinced me like, hey, you should go to Marygrove. I'm an alum. I'm also a teacher. This is what I could possibly look into, getting you some scholarship money, you know, things of that nature. So it was definitely something that, again, I didn't even know that you could go to school for dance. Um, Because that was not in my radar at all.
0: You know, I was in your boat. Like, I, and everyone who's been listening to this voice, know I, like, once I graduated high school, Mm -hmm. I quit. Like, I didn't come back or attend Wayne State until, like, my sister, my younger sister, who's four years, my junior, was going to school for dance. I'm like, wait, I can do this. Wow. And so, like, I jumped back in, and it's a whole, like, I have my own complicated tapestry with how I came back to dance. But it's like, yeah, it's... Being a youth, you know, you don't, you're not always aware, especially if your parents are not in the performance mm-hmm. It's like all these avenues you can go through. Right,
1: right. And then most people feel like there's only a few different quote-unquote jobs or careers within dance. They don't know of all of the different, you know, and it's definitely grown over the years, but they mm-hmm. don't know of all of the different possibilities within dance. They think, oh, well, you dance with a company or you do, like, music videos. <laughs> like, they don't... Yeah,
0: literally, they, like, you're either regular performance or you're um, commercial. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that like, is they it. don't know <laughs> all of the intricacies of the career path now, so... Yeah, because,
0: like, even within those two dynamics, mm-hmm. there's so much that goes into it. Yes. Like, it's
1: you're
0: yes. not just a dancer. There's choreographers, photographers, design. like, blah, blah, blah. This right. goes on.
1: <laughs> right. So, um I don't know. It, it just... I guess it all fell into place. I But like I said, I wish I would have explored more. I um, mean, I did a little bit by the time I had already started. I took a break from Mary Grove for personal reasons. And then I, you know, I was like, well, I still need to be in school. And then I started exploring. Then I actually explored Wayne State. But Wayne and Mary Grove are like completely different worlds. Mm-hmm. And um, not in bad ways, but they're just completely different. It just
0: structured differently. Yeah. And
1: I'm like, mm, I don't know if that's for me. And I started looking at some other schools out of the state. Got in, but they just didn't feel like home. And so I said, okay, well, I'm just going to go back to Mary Grove because you needed I needed some time. Yeah, I needed time. And I said, they have my best interest at heart. And so I came back and eventually, <laughs> eventually I finished. Um, so I don't know, it was a great experience overall. And I, I learned so much, um, not just about dance, but about how things work and etiquette and um, the culture, just everything, like so much about dance in general. And I wouldn't change it. You know, I wouldn't change it at all. So.
0: Well, it's good to hear. I'm glad it all worked out for you. It all. Was- I keep trying to tell myself it
1: all works out in the end
0: eventually somehow. Yes.
1: Yes. So you
0: you graduate. What is the next steps for you?
1: So I thought, and so did everyone else including my teachers. They're all like, okay, so now that you're finally done, You've been turning down these opportunities and you've been auditioning and doing all of these great things. But, you know, we encourage you to finish. Now you're just going to go off and you're going to take off and soar and you're going to go and be this amazing professional dancer in whatever way that is. And I did the whole auditioning thing for both commercial and company jobs and a large plethora of different career paths within dance. I actually did pretty well I did not take lots of positions because of some of the situations that I was already in so for instance um, I have a really big heart and I have this thing about not wanting kids to go through the same thing I went through in terms of not being able to pay for classes or you know not being able to take advantage of opportunities whether it's because of the lack of support at home or because of financial support or not knowing that there Mm -hmm. are these opportunities out there and like knowing where to start. I came across this amazing studio. It was called Stars Elite Training Center. And it's a one of a kind studio. And I started there as a teacher. And eventually I became um, co-director of this studio. The owner, um, who's a really good friend of mine, I call her my sister. Her name is Rosalind. I'm sorry, Rosalind English (laughs) Simmons. She's absolutely amazing. And she just has this incredible vision about what dance should be for kids, how to get them out there, giving them the necessary things that they need to be successful. And she kind of has what I call an expedited way to, to make this happen. And in terms of
0: you yeah, know do you care to elaborate on yeah how the process works
1: so um she has this it's funny because it's not codified but it seems like it in her mind <laughs> <laughs> she has this idea of how to train kids to to get good quicker to say the very least and it works and when i tell you i learned so much from this lady she you know before i came there so i started there in the summer of 2015 and a little
0: bit overlap with your university. Yes.
1: And so I was already teaching a lot and choreographing and traveling and, you know, doing all of these things. But when I got there, it sort of helped refine my way of teaching kids because she just has this way of taking the kids in and again, expediting the process through the use of like useful stretches and exercises and just different training methods in general um, she expedites there is it
0: like in terms of like expediting is it just like the culture is a little bit different in the classroom or is it like how's what are the pedagogies or like um, there's a number like of for the kids
1: there's a number of different things um it is the culture which that I feel like anywhere that you know is a major factor oh yeah um like if you go to a big competition studio and everybody's pretty good then you want to get good quicker. So that's definitely a, a thing. But just the way I can't, it's funny, it's hard to describe. And, and, and you some just have ways, to live it. Yeah, <laughs> in some ways I have adopted some of these quote unquote techniques to my teaching style. But I just give her credit always because she she just has this way of doing things. And and a part of it is the culture, like you said. But another part of it is just like how she executes the class and like what she Um, starts with in terms of like what she emphasizes like okay these are the things that are that like you need to start with that are super important and if you start here we can build upon that so like she one thing that I can say for sure is like she encourages flexibility so she like really really takes the time to Hone in on, okay, what are some of the things that this individual, not group, but individual kid
0: Yeah, which I you think know, is needs. really important, especially at the youth levels, because like you, your body is still changing mm-hmm. and you're comparing yourself to other people, but it's like, it's to hear that the teacher is like taking the time, oh, you know, yeah. like, case by case, because all of our bodies are structured completely Don't different, completely so you differently. need different things.
1: And so she, you know, and her and I would joke all the time, like, because her degree is actually in secondary childhood education and economics Mm, and mine is in business. So, but she has an understanding about kids and because of that experience. And so um, we would joke like, well, I'm a dance major, but you know, she was again, super sensitive about what the kids needed. And I think that just all played a part into how she um, was able to create this "Quote unquote codified, <laughs> not codified, but you know what I mean. Like her
0: own take, yeah, on her it. own yeah, take okay. on it,
1: and it's just super effective. So she starts with the flexibility, and then once they end with the skills, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> once you know they sort of have a pretty good idea of how this works, then she adds the technique to it, and I think that the building the flexibility and the skills in general." it allows them to create this sense of confidence for themselves. Like, okay, well, I see other people doing these things. And now, you know, I don't feel so behind because I can do those things. And then adding the technique, you know, in some ways can be easier, as long as they're not learning super bad habits, because bad habits are hard to break. Mm -hmm. I think that's a part of the, the method as well. So
0: but it's good to hear that it sounds like a very welcoming environment for dancers of like all levels who want to get
1: to mm-hmm. a certain place. It is. It really is. And as a matter of fact, most of the dancers who come through the studio or came through uh, Stars Elite Training Center were beginners.
0: So you're working at the studio. What else are you working on during this time?
1: So I've always been invested in like 15 kabillion things. Um <laughs> And so in 2010, I started a dance company called Epiphany Dance Company. Everything that I do has always been to improve Michigan dance in some way or another, whether it's working with youth, um, because I feel like they're the future of Michigan dance, whether it's you know bringing, creating or bringing opportunities to Michigan. Regardless of what it is, everything I do, the studio that I have now, getting more training so that I can help others. Everything is to improve the Michigan dance community. And so.
0: So this company was one of those first steps for you?
1: Exactly. The company was, again, I was younger. So Michigan dance has grown since then 10 years ago. Wow. Um, So I, I said, I want to create this company for young people like me who are interested in breaking into this michigan dancing in a new way so it was my way of creating opportunities for michigan dancers Um, was it mostly
0: like just for performance opportunities hosting classes for your companies what were some of the things that you focused on
1: so initially it was performance opportunities but it sort of morphed into a bunch of different things performance opportunities training opportunities not just with myself but just in general um, spreading the word about Detroit dance. So we would do things, you know, all over the Midwest, sometimes down South. We just started sort of branching out and it just morphed into this beautiful thing where um, it's it honestly started off with mostly college dancers or college-age dancers. And again, it just, what it turned into was, was great because I think it gave us an opportunity to come together and say, we have this interest and we've all come from different walks of life. So some kids or I'm saying kids because we were kids. Young
0: adults um,
1: You know, some of us were like, not me, as I just expressed, but some of us were dancing since we were three and doing the whole competitive dancing. Some started in middle school. Um, some, you know, had literally just started with the company. So bringing
0: all these different dancers together yeah. that have various backgrounds and skill And we
1: all specialized in different styles. I actually started off in hip hop. When I came into the Michigan dance scene, I was in a hip hop crew that my best friend and I started, you know, as I spoke of earlier, sort of just translated into the Michigan dance community. And so I started off with hip hop and everybody who I surrounded myself with was in the hip-hop commercial, quote-unquote, industry here in Michigan.
0: So, like, with this company then, you said it just had a different intersections of the. Mm -hmm. So, like, you were just coming in with your hip-hop background, and then where were all these other dancers in terms of style? I came
1: in with mostly hip-hop. I had little technique, and I had just started at Mary Grove. Again, people were everywhere. We had some who... were extremely gifted in like modern or contemporary or lyrical. We had some who all they had was like palm training, so mostly like jazz with like accents of cheer.
0: So then in terms of like developing work, what did those pieces end up looking like? It
1: was very interesting in the beginning. It was a big mixing pot of A little bit of everything, but um, we would have like a lot of hip hop pieces when we first started. And then what I noticed, which has changed a lot, I noticed that people don't take us as serious as a company for a lot of reasons. And I felt like one of those reasons was because we did a lot of hip hop, unfortunately. And so that does suck. We um, had to do a lot of networking and a lot of playing around with ideas and bringing people in to like train us more and a lot of different things that we did. But eventually we came up with something. And of course, I feel like a, any group, whether it's dance or anything, is only as good as its leader. So the better I got, you know, technically and at leading things and just in mm-hmm. general, the more I mature, the better the company got. And so...
0: Of course. Um, I mean, especially at the beginning, you were just figuring it out.
1: Exactly. Eventually, we settled into this contemporary jazz sort of style of movement. And that's where we...
0: Which sounds like a nice sweet spot of yeah. mixing
1: everything together. And that's sort of where we live mostly now. We actually haven't done a hip-hop piece in probably eight years. So So
0: you're this like in addition to all the other things you do, this company is still going today, still going strong?
1: Yes and no. Okay. So when I... Existing in
0: some form. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So I was at Stars Elite and I kept it going and we were actually going pretty strong. And then around 2018, so I graduated in 2017. Around 2018, I said, "Okay, guys, I want us to I need to figure out like what we're doing, just to be frank. And I need us to, I feel like we're either going to take it to the next level and really make this like something amazing. I mean, it was already pretty nice, but like I wanted to take it to the next level or I wanted to figure out exactly where this existed within the space that I was in. Um, Because I was auditioning and, you know, I was doing all of these great things. And I said, okay, well, although this is a great opportunity for Michigan Dance, Like I feel like it could be better and I just needed to know if I needed to invest more time, energy, effort into making it this super big company or if I needed to go out, get some more life experience. Mm -hmm. um,
0: Kind of take a step back. Take a a step back and
1: not diminish the company or not, you know, completely end it, but just figure out again, what space are we in? what does this mean for me? What does this mean for you guys? Like, you know, so I started asking the dancers, like, I said, what does this mean? Do you guys want to do, like, what do we want to do? Do you guys want to do commercial work? Do you guys want to...
0: Like, who Who are we you know, and what are we doing, essentially? We? Yes, yeah.
1: like, it, because I feel like now that we're all mature and, you Sounds know, etc. like cetera, a little
0: mini identity crisis. Exactly. It's like, what
1: do we... What do we want to do? You know, how are we serving the community? We just needed to figure out mm-hmm. where we were. Mm-hmm. And some dancers say, you know what? It's great that we're having this conversation because most said, actually, I want to do more. And I said, great. So do you want to do more with epiphany or do you want to do more outside of epiphany? Because I'm completely supportive of that. You know, mm-hmm. and we're we're friends and we're family. Yeah, that's good. You can have an honest conversation like that. Yes. And I said, Listen, if you guys want to do more, like, hey, I am willing to put 150,000% into getting us to where we want and need to be. But if, you know, that's if you want to do something outside of that, let's figure that out, too. Or we can do both. We can say, hey, we can be what they call a pickup company, which is where you come together for certain events and festivities. Yeah, project based. Yeah, project based. And so. That's where we decided to be was project-based because we discovered that we all had different ideas and goals, including myself. I wanted to, and still want to, travel and teach. And again, I love bringing people here to Michigan and saying, hey, we have a great community here. Like You should come check us out. I love outreach and working with all different kinds of people. Um, I really like traveling choreographing, traveling, as well as just learning and training Mm -hmm. or performing, all of that. It's a big interest of mine still. And so I said to myself, well, this is what I want. And if everybody wants to be Epiphany still, I will make it work and I will figure it out.
0: Yeah, it is a lot different when you're like, this is the work I want to do. It doesn't matter how hard it is or how much Mm -hmm. is on my play. It, It really does feel different. Yeah.
1: And so I had some dancers who were like, you know what? I love performing, but I like teaching better, particularly one member of the company who was like a major member of the company. Her name is Tyra Johnson, and she actually uh, she is an alumni of uh, Marygrove as well. And she's currently one of the directors at Motor City Dance Factory, which is a great studio based out of Southfield. She said, well, I love teaching and teaching is what I want to do. It's what I feel most comfortable in. And I'm okay with that. And I said, you know what? That's great. That's great. And we would get these major opportunities where I feel like people were finally starting to take epiphany serious. And so people would call us like, hey, we want you guys to perform at this national festival or, you know, hey, we want you guys to perform at the Fox for this, you know, thing and we'll pay you this amount of money, which is a really big thing as a struggling company Mm -hmm. or artist for people to respect you enough to be able to say, Hey, we want to pay you. Which I mean,
0: it's unfortunate that like, that's how we have to live. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't
1: be paying for our time anyways. Um, So she said, I like, I have an obligation to my studio and I want to keep that and I love what I do. And so we had no choice but to support her. So at this point in time, Epiphany is definitely still a thing, but we operate predominantly as a pickup company. So we come together for certain performances, certain special events, um, things of that nature.
0: And it's still mostly like the same company that it was within a few years. Are you still bringing on new dancers? We definitely like
1: we definitely bring on new dancers. Um, there were always people who were like kind of around. People who maybe went to Marygrove or Wayne or, you know, one of the few emphasis on few colleges in Michigan that have dance programs that heard about us and they were like, hey, I want to be a part. It sort of became a pre-professional company for people who were either in college or who were fresh out of high school and they were kind of looking for that next thing or that opportunity to continue training while they mm-hmm. figured out what their next step in dance was
0: so like currently if people are who are listening are interested in working with you can they reach out to you Definitely. and for future projects like what do you have coming up or is that still kind of influx
1: to say the very least is influx however most of the members of Epiphany have contacted me like, "Hey, okay, now nah, this is too long. We need to <laughs> So, um, now that I have Mary Grove which is bittersweet for all of us and it's a lot of things for all of us, but um now that, you know, I'm at Mary Grove and that I have the studio, I definitely want to get Epiphany back going on a more consistent basis, I just need to figure out exactly where that fits within (laughs) everything that I have going on. Of course, of course. Yeah.
0: Okay, so outside of Epiphany, you have this really massive and exciting new project. It's called Skillset Movement Studios. Yes. Let's get into that. Please tell me all about this.
1: So, Skillset Movement Studios is a project it's not a project, I guess it's an actual studio, which is still super surreal for me to say. Um, it's comprised of three components. We have fitness instruction for that's open to the community. Anybody who's looking for, whether it's yoga classes, Pilates, um, just any sort of fitness, like a body sculpting, any sort of fitness. Not only are we offering those classes, but we're open, we're still looking for teachers in pretty much every style of fitness one of the second components is what we call the young dance artist development program it's a mouthful and pretty much it's a program designed for youth who are extremely interested in dance and they either want to pursue a career in dance or maybe they don't know that yet but they just know that they're extremely interested and they're serious about it i also say that families have to be serious about it because Kids are kids and they're, you know, they don't have as much control as they would like. So, um, you know, if the family is invested as well, it just makes the experience a lot more meaningful and um, a lot easier, to be honest. We have two divisions in that. One is, again, for some who are extremely serious and then some who are they want to do more serious work, but they're not necessarily trying to pursue it as a career. Um, they do compete, They, but they're mostly here for training opportunities. The program is really meant to give them all of the necessary skills, pun sort of intended. <laughs> <laughs> My purpose this time. That they need to be successful in a dance career path. Not only do we teach them, of course, technique and all of that, but like how to audition, how to promote yourself. All of the things that... that so good, you that
0: you're doing that at, a, yeah. like at the young age for these kids. And you
1: don't learn it. You don't learn that at a, at a traditional studio or even in a college setting um, in most cases. And and this is one of the things, like when I go to LA or New York or Chicago and I audition or I come across people, especially from Michigan, and they're one of two ways. They either have this amazing personality and they figured out the game of auditioning and breaking into a professional dance setting but they lack like the technique mm-hmm. and the you know the things that you actually need um in terms of you know just where they are within their training or within their maturity in their craft or it's the exact opposite like they the have technique's the, all there yeah but, like but personalities they, mm. yeah they don't <laughs> okay. know how to how to audition and so basically I, you're
0: selling yourself and it's like i'm i'm personally the second one i mean not even sure because my technique's probably a little like, eh, no. <laughs> but But, yeah, like, the ability to sell myself is something I definitely struggle, <laughs> struggle
1: with. And <laughs> honestly, you know, I feel, like, in the middle. Like, my technique was pretty good and my personality was pretty good. But I just didn't know. I was ignorant mm-hmm. about the game. And but, I say uh, that because there really is a method. Like, you mm-hmm. really, especially, and it's different for everything, like, Typecasting is real. So when you go, like they're looking for a specific type of person and you either fit into that or you don't, or you can figure out how to make yourself seem like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, that's just something that I'm teaching the kids now because... But
0: like again, yeah, to just be aware of like, that's how the industry is functioning. Yes,
1: yes. And so I don't want them to, to go through that struggle. And nowadays, kids can be professional dancers. And so... Um, I'm like, hey, if this is something you want now, we have a lot of work to do and I'm not promising you anything. But as long as what I call the leadership team, which is myself and the staff, as well as their families, are on one accord, we can figure out how to get you to where you want or need to be to get there. And Mm so that's what that program is designed for. Can
0: you send me a third aspect?
1: Right. The third aspect is what we call a commercial dance aspect. And it's pretty much where we just offer a variety of different dance classes, drop-in dance classes for anybody who's interested, whether seasoned dancer, like maybe you danced as a child, maybe you've never danced and you just see that dance is really popular now and you kind of want to get into it. Whatever it is, we offer a variety of different classes. Um, So we have like even a ballet drop-in. We have a heels class right now yeah i know i've definitely seen some
0: of those videos circulating on yeah. um, social medias
1: which is great that <laughs> people are seeing it it's yeah. like super surreal to all of this is like really surreal especially since it's at mary Girl, but
0: and yeah and you've been pulling some big names
1: from what i've seen i've been trying you
0: have please drop trying. some of them here yes. Who have oh, been, who's been teaching
1: definitely i definitely will so we um okay. just had last sunday actually we had um, all the way from, he's really from Pittsburgh, but he lives in LA now. His name is Gabriel Ash. He's become a really good friend of mine, and he's done a little bit of everything. He's more so of a commercial dancer nowadays, but he actually started off in the technical world, and he's trained with Ailey, and he's done all of these, you know, super amazing things. Um, Nowadays, you can find him as creative director for numerous tours and there's another young lady who is a detroit native her name is della hamby she's like a commercial dance queen she actually went to lane state
0: i know she did and her her instagram is like off the charts
1: yes yes and she (laughs) is absolutely amazing again another um down earth person like super cool super humble those are just a few of the names, um, but we want to offer all kinds of dance. So, um, one of the things that I noticed, and I don't know if anybody can identify with me, Michigan dance is so segregated. And,
0: yo, Brandon. Every single person so far, like, you are not alone that I've had on this podcast is like, we are all in our own little bubbles. Oh, wow.
1: Well, that's great. That's <laughs> well, it's like, not
0: great that we're in our
1: bubbles, but like. Right. It's great to know that other people feel this way. And yeah. I think that, that this show is one of the steps that will help unify us. And hopefully, everything. i my fingers. I think it will. Because, you know, when I listen and I hear that other people are going through some of the same issues and, you know, experiencing some of the same things, it makes me, well, I can speak for myself. What can I do (laughs) to, you know, and I'm like, Hey, I'm cool with everybody. Like I've, you know, done some company work here. I've done the college dancing for 15,000 years. I've done um, a little bit of everything, the hip hop dance community. So I'm sort of connected to a lot of the different pieces. And so I'm like, hey, how can we come together? And so Skill Set Movement Studios is that. It's my... Is that manifestation Yes, It's like, hey, let's get, you know, the hip hoppers in here to cipher the hip hoppers. <laughs> <laughs> let's get the alternative modern dancers in here. Let's get the companies in here. Let's get the high schools. Let's get the colleges. Let's just bring everybody together in an effort to do that. And as well as just dance and fitness enthusiasts who are not dancers but they just really want to support and be a part of that that community here in um, metro Detroit and so I'm just excited about being able to provide that Um, but that's essentially what it is fitness instruction commercial dance and young dance artist development those are just all of them yes just everything (laughs) dance everything fitness for every age and that's pretty much what we offer
0: so, what about um, just the timing felt right for you? Like, this was the time for you to start. Like, you just because you, I, when we were talking, I think i maybe in the falls when you started like thinking or like mm-hmm. the pieces were falling into place. You had that, um, the fundraising show that mm-hmm. was what was that called? Epitome, yeah, Epitome. So, why was it now?
1: Why was now so, for you? To be completely honest. Please, spill it all. Everything just fell into place. And I thank God for it every day because I literally was like, I was running away from it. (laughs) I said, well, I still want to dance and I still want to teach and travel. And I still have so much to learn. And to be completely honest, it just all fell into place to where I would have had to been blind, deaf and everything else to not, you know, accept it. And one of the biggest turning points was when my family, they called me like intervention style. And so I- He's saying down. Yes. So they (laughs) called me like, hey, where you are, like you have your degree now, where you are, you just have to like move forward. Like you have to move forward. And I was in a place where- I wasn't financially stable, again, being transparent. I was not financially stable. Um, there were a lot of different things, a lot of negative things going on. And my family said, you know what? You have to like, you might as well start your own studio. When I decided to leave Stars Elite Training Center, which was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make, but it was a personal decision I had to make um, for a few different reasons. The parents from the studio, for one, <laughs> they called me like, oh, um, Mr. Brandon, what are you What are you doing? Like, you can't leave here. Like, you can't leave. And I just felt tied in every way to the kids. Mm-hmm. And so that was that.
0: Well, yeah, you have such a big heart. And I'm sure you're oh, entirely invested in all of that. I was
1: super invested. And then I am super invested. And, and like, yeah, we can't, like. We're not gonna dance like unfortunately it was one of those things where they were like they're trained and i'm not saying just because of me because again i still have a lot to learn but they're trained so well now to Mm -hmm. where they can recognize like this is the kind of studio i want to be at um this studio whether it's the kids or the parents they're like i won't get enough from this studio but unfortunately some of the studios that they would get enough from are either out of out of their price range mm-hmm. or they're too far and they just don't feel like they have access to so they're right in that like middle, you know, realm. And so they were like, we just we need you, like to So this to do studio something. is
0: an attempt, I mean, out of all those other things as well, but like to solve that problem. Having a little bit something more central in Detroit. Yes and is, is affordability a really big impact for you? It really, like really
1: is. Access point for the kids. Mm-hmm. It really, really is. So everything we do, I think, and thus far the parents think, it's very affordable. And Star Elite was affordable as well, but sort of being a little bit more cautious of what's like extremely necessary, what are some things that we can do minimally and things of that nature. So that was one reason. And when I tell you, my mom was like, "Hey, I'm here. I will come work for the studio." And it was like I was in tears. My sister was mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I will come do what you need me to do." My dad was like, "I will help you financially." Oh. <laughs> like they were all like, "Everyone you, has your bag." Like it's your it's your time. The parents, the you know, a lot of the people in in the Michigan dance community were like, "Hey, skills, like we need you to like create a place where." We all can come and where we all feel comfortable and where we're accepted and, you know, just all of these different things. So I said, OK. And then I said, well, where? Oh, where <laughs> can I find such a place? And I went to Mary grove girl like, let me just see if I can, you know, you let me see like, what's going on. The
0: worst they can say is no.
1: And, and I went there.
0: Tried and it worked.
1: It worked. And they were like, oh, yeah, you can rent space. And I was like, oh, And then all of this other stuff just kind of happened and it's been super amazing. I actually found a building and funny thing, like this building was like not a dance studio to say Mm -hmm. the very least. And most
0: of them are. We have
1: to like do a lot of work to them. I called and she was like, oh, my gosh, like I was just thinking like this would be an amazing (laughs) dance studio. And I'm like, wait, what? And it was like completely random. Got everything. They were like, you know what? We believe in you so much, and what you're gonna do, we're gonna like do the build out for you. Like, and then Mary came, and I was like, oh, well, this is home, so why not make it here at home and, Mm -hmm. you know, honestly save a little bit of money while doing that? Yeah, Yeah, it just all fell into place. And then the kids came, and then the classes. And so it's all just been very scary because it's come together so much, you know, Mm -hmm. but it has come together. And so I'm really happy and i'm just figuring things out and embracing things um
0: well i'm so happy for you and this sounds so exciting (laughs)
1: it's so exciting so
0: where can people keep up with the studio where can they find you and
1: so right now we're on facebook instagram and youtube they all can be found under skillset which is s-k-i-1-l-s-e-t movement studios studios with an s -S 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 Um, on all three platforms we currently have a website under construction which is really exciting because it's going to be completely like interactive and state-of-the-art so and
0: i can say from personal experience like once you have a website it's like oh my god it's so official yes yes (laughs) yes
1: It's like every little step, whether it's, you know, hosting a workshop or whether it's, you know, registering the kids for competition or buying costumes. It just locks it in and makes it that much more real. Oh, my God. Like, that's my logo that I see on the jackets. Like, it's so surreal. So it's been a great experience, though. I'm, like, genuinely happy every day to work with the kids, to work in what I'm going to say, I'm hoping, is a more effective way. Or a more direct way, I should say, for the Michigan dance community, like providing a space. Because a lot of times people say like, especially the hip hop community, they don't feel like they feel like accessibility is an issue. So Mm -hmm. being able to provide a direct like, hey, you have a place. It's a
0: very big hurdle we have here.
1: Yeah. So.
0: All right. Well, we're going to talk some more challenges and hurdles after this break. Dance Lives in Detroit is working hard to provide consistent content and help our dance community during this time. If you have a moment, be sure to look through all the COVID-19 materials we have collected on our website. This includes our very own Detroit Dancer Relief Fund, ongoing livestream calendar, additional online learning, and original articles alongside a collection of resources. All information can be found on our website at www.dancelivesindetroit.org. Please enjoy the remainder of the episode, and thank you for supporting Detroit Dance. And we're back! Yay! (laughs) Yay! Getting into... Hmm. Something we all struggle with is, you know, funding as dancers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I wanted to talk to you about the Gilda Award that you received. I want to just hear about the process and just everything involved with being awarded this.
1: So... A good friend of mine who, if you are in the arts community, you definitely need to know who this person is. Her name is Ryan Myers Johnson. Mm -hmm. She is the curator for Sidewalk Festival of Performing Arts in Detroit. It's a really cool event. And she sort of has her hand in a a bunch of different pots in the Michigan arts community. Um, She actually is a dancer by trade, to be honest. She used to work for Kresge Arts Detroit. And she said to me, Skill's like, you need to apply for the um, Kresge Arts Fellowship. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. And she had been telling me this for maybe two or three years. And she's like, oh, but you're still in school and so that was the thing like you can't that's one of the stipulations is you can't apply for it while you're in school I graduated in 2017 she 2018 the season came around and she said you should apply and I'm like little old me like uh yeah okay like I've been at this point I had done events and done some dance festivals and I had epiphany and you know I had done all of these things and had been doing all of these things but I didn't I was just like, well, I just do these things because they need to be done, or because I want to do them, or.
0: Which I feel like that's so weird as dancers, like, we'll do a hundred thousand things and still not feel qualified for yep. something. It's so odd. I still
1: don't feel qualified. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, she said to me, "You should apply," and I'm like, ah, "Okay." So I went through this whole process where I was like, hmm, "I'm not gonna apply," or "No, oh, yeah, maybe I should." Literally the day. The deadline was i was like oh my god that deadline is today and i was at stars elite training center i was super busy and i told my sister i said Rosalind, i have to get this done like i have to get it done and she's like yeah like just go ahead so i remember being at the studio if the deadline i, the, I think the deadline was 11 59 i finished mm-hmm. at like eleven fifty seven. And I'm a pretty good writer, so that wasn't really an issue of mine. It was more so most grants, they like want you to go through all of the details, like exactly what you, you know, want the money for. Like literally, like if it's $102.53, like they want to know what the 53 cents is for. Like it's very detailed. Well, Kresge Arts Detroit is not a project. Um, grant it's really for artists metro detroit artists who just really need extra funding to help them fund their dreams so to speak and there's and,
0: two tiers correct the fellowship and then the gilda
1: award there's there's actually three oh, so there's there's, three? there's an eminent artist they only oh
0: yeah that's okay
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like the the the, the one big, I, that's big the boss. big one <laughs> so the eminent artist award is a $50,000 grant where People who are what I call legends in the arts community, <laughs> and they've done all of these great things, and you know, sort of pioneered or you know, just been of extreme influence um, in a particular field. They choose one a year, and they're given that grant. Then they have the fellowship awards; those are twenty five thousand dollars. And if I'm not mistaken, they choose nine for each so every year it's different so like one year it's like literary arts so like writing and you know just poetry like things like that screenplays and etc and then the next year they do live arts and music i'm sorry live arts like, live art live arts and film
0: do they rotate cuz i feel like Sometimes it's just like they have a little bit of each or maybe I'm just not
1: paying that close attention. (laughs) (laughs) No, they They definitely rotate. So one year is literary. The next year is live arts and film. So 2018 was live arts and film, which happened to be the year that, you know, Ryan told me about it. So I applied and I'm like, I'm just going to apply. I'm just going to see like, and I honestly was like, I'm going to apply so that I can say that I did. As opposed to not applying, and you You never never know. know. Yeah. So I did, and when you first, and then it's like a long time before you hear anything. So I kind of forgot about it. Because like
0: the deadline is what in January? It's typically in January, and then they don't tell you till like June. right
1: (laughs) So there's um, again, there's three. There's the eminent artist that's fifty thousand dollars. There's the fellowship which is the most popular one, that is $25,000. And then there's what they call the Gilda Award, which is $5,000. And it is named after Gilda Snowden, if I'm not mistaken. And she was an artist in Metro Detroit. And so it's pretty much a a nod. That's what I called it. Like, you know, like we, letting see you. The, we see you, you know, you're taking um, risk and, you're on your way within your career path and we acknowledge your efforts. And so the first thing when you get the the email saying that you got it or you didn't get it, it says, unfortunately, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I see, unfortunately, that means I didn't get it. And so I was like, well, I wasn't, you know, planning on getting it. And honestly, I didn't even know. And it asks you in the application, but, you, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about the $25,000. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well. I didn't even know about the Gilda mm. Award. And so um, it says, unfortunately, you did not win the blah, blah, blah. So it honestly took me a couple days to go back fully and, read and to fully yeah. read. And so then I'm like, why do I keep getting emails from them? Because <laughs> they kept saying, I'm like, are they just rubbing it in? And they, I finally opened it and it's like, but you did win this and i'm like oh my gosh so i remember running around the studio because i was at the studio seven days Mm -hmm. a week and i remember running around like oh my god i got the award (laughs) and so um it was a really really rewarding experience not even because of the money but because just to be acknowledged and for someone to say hey we see you and we Mm -hmm. understand like and Everything these, these applications
0: are like intensively reviewed they too. They are,
1: they are, and that's why it takes so long. Like the the deadline is in January, you don't hear anything until like May or June. So that's like half a year gone. And I kind of like I said, forgot about it. Mm-hmm. When I heard, I was just ecstatic because it was again not about the money, even though of course that's nice. It's,
0: it's helpful, and especially it's like there are no strings attached. There right? are
1: no strings attached, and so it, again, it's not a project based. Um, They're like, hey, if you need to use it on your rent, (laughs) as long as it's, you know. It's just
0: to help artists. It's to help artists. In any way that the funds work for you. Yeah.
1: And so I actually used the funds for Z League Training Center. We did what was called a summer tour. The kids performed at Cedar Point. They performed at Disney World. They performed at... Universal Studios. So you have to be accepted. And then, of course, you have to get there. And so the $5,000 went to that for me to be able to help provide those opportunities, um, which we were able to take about 50 kids. So obviously, $5,000 doesn't cover all of that, but it definitely contributed Mm -hmm. to making sure that most of the, honestly, low income families were able to, you know, go have that experience to have everyone. that experience. And so they performed all over. They went to L.A., they went to Atlanta to do some summer intensive. So it was really nice that we were able to provide that summer intensive. And it was a little the little boost that we needed. I'm sorry, the summer tour. Um, and it was the little boost that we needed to, to be able to help provide that. So it was really rewarding. But again, it really wasn't about the money. It was more so about just being recognized. And it was sort of a affirmation for me, like, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe I am doing something right. Because, again, I just do stuff because it needs to be done or because, you know, I want to. And it was just a really good feeling knowing that, oh, people are paying attention. Like it was nice.
0: And more of the story, y'all. Just apply.
1: Just apply. (laughs) Just apply. Just apply. Because it you never know. Like if I can get it, I'm telling you, anybody can get it. So long as you, you know, are able to
0: You have to take that first step. Yeah.
1: Take that first step. And and there's literally no strings attached. Nobody called me like, Hey, so we're watching you (laughs) with this money. You better. I just it just so (laughs) happened that That opportunity was there, and I was like, oh, well, it can go to that. But like, I've heard people, they're like, hey, I bought a new car because that helps me get to, you know, wherever I pursue or wherever I teach or train Mm -hmm. in art, you know what I mean? So that's completely fine. They do ask you to do like a little review at the end, like, hey, what'd you do with the funds? Like, how was it helpful? You know, would you recommend the process? But other than that, it was completely no strings attached. And I would recommend any and every artist within the metro detroit area i think you have to live in you have to be you can't be in school you have to be 18 you have to live in either wayne oakland or macomb county and i may be missing something
0: i don't know i feel like it really is only those two
1: things i may be missing something but those are definitely i
0: think it's a good point to plug in that um for each episode, I will have additional materials on the website. So Yay. this will be all hot linked and you can kind of see what all the
1: stipulations are. If this is something that interests you. And you guys just barely missed the deadline. It it just yeah. ended in January, but... Um, it's
0: okay. You have a whole another year to make another work year. and apply.
1: Yes. Especially if you're in live arts and film like myself, you have literally an entire year. Because they, again, they um, do literary arts next. So, yeah, that was that experience. And, and honestly, the other big... Think about the entire experiences that everyone is so supportive because they're all artists. And so most of the people that are a part of the Kresge Arts Detroit organization, they're artists of some sort. And so they understand your struggles Mm -hmm. and they're genuinely interested in helping. And then the networking opportunities were probably the biggest help, even outside of the money, like the the amount of people that I met with similar backgrounds or with, you know, different stories, and we were able to come together in some way or another, it was incredibly helpful. And so you just come into this whole little community of artists who are, you know, all working to make a better Detroit or to, you know, whatever our individual goals are, like, it's just nice to be amongst a group of like-minded individuals who appreciate art and who are actively working towards it. So it was just really nice. I've I loved the experience. And mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, um, I did apply this year.
0: Take the next step up. Yeah.
1: So hopefully, <laughs> you know, I, um they recognize the other things that I'm doing.
0: Yay. So shifting gears a little bit, something that came up, or at least from when I was listening, is that especially in my personal life as well as an artist you're always doing 500 things like no matter what you're just that's just your constant state work life balance
1: it is something that i am still figuring out and everybody my um actual family the families in my studio because we have a a really close-knit relationship so they're like brandon like you when do you rest? When do you eat? Like, when do you... My
0: answer is always I don't. Yeah, and exactly. And I do all my work at night mm-hmm. and yes. I take a nap.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. And those are my so, answers. <laughs> um, so finding balance is honestly one of my biggest struggles, it's, especially right now with the new studio and with trying to figure out, hmm, I still want to dance and teach and travel Mm -hmm. and do all of these things.
0: But like at that point, you have to make a choice, Mm -hmm. which is like, I know I personally struggle with because I want to do all these things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I I just take it day by day and I definitely figure out, and this is something I've always done. Whenever I get like scatterbrained and I have 50,000 projects going on, I have to say to myself, okay, what takes precedence? Like, what do I absolutely have to do right now? what can wait what is something that i've committed to because i'm i try to be a person of my word so mm-hmm. what's something that i've committed to and i just have to prioritize and normally you know sometimes i have to pray about it and i just eventually it all comes together
0: yeah mine usually manifests in like a to-do list on my notes
1: same <laughs> yeah and, and I,
0: <laughs> i'm a visual
1: person which makes sense
0: i think that most of us are
1: um so Sometimes it just helps to take out a notebook and just write a priority list, or what can I wait on, or what can I absolutely not live without? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I find myself doing that weekly now. Like, okay, for the studio, what are some things that need to happen like immediately? What yeah, are some things that Adams
0: are this week? Yeah.
1: What are like some long term goals, and how can I like put those into motion now? And then on a separate page, okay, personal life, food. <laughs> okay. It funny thing, my sister, she's my little sister, but she thinks she's older than me. <laughs> and so she one day, this was maybe two weeks ago, she calls me, What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm about to, you know, do some stuff with the studio, blah, 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 blah. She's like, okay. Um, are you at home? I'm like, yeah. She's like, I'm outside. We're going grocery <laughs> shopping. I'm like, Oh, because I, I cook very, very well, mm-hmm. but I just don't have time to. Um, and so she's like, "We're gonna. I'm going to teach you how to do meal prep and blah, 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 blah. So she like bangs on the door. I come outside. We go grocery shopping. She's like, hey, like, this is what you do. Like, you need to get containers. Like, she makes me buy a lunchbox. It was super cute. <laughs> but like, stuff like that helps. And again, mm-hmm. that goes back into like the support system that whenever I start to get like, Okay, like there's so much going on. Like they help, you know, balance me. And so that, you know, that within itself helps too.
0: Yeah, that's good. I know I mean, like for me, it's i like when I have a really big thing happening,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, like when I was doing the launch party for this podcast. Which I was like, amazing. <laughs> it was really fun. But Sometimes I have trouble of being like so one track minded. Like that's mm-hmm. all I could think about. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, I couldn't even think about meal prep. Like of right. course I made sure my family was fed and I was eating, but right. it wasn't like my usual
1: zhuzh with mm-hmm. like the food that we eat. Right, right.
0: Yeah, it's just it's it's so hard when you're especially so passionate about all the work that you do right, to like right. refocus on yourself as a person. Mm-hmm. Like one thing my mom at least I'm pretty sure that's my mom who told me this. It's like, if you imagine your life as a triangle, mm-hmm. you know, one point is work, one point is sleep, one point is personal life. And okay. you're only allowed to have two. And it's like, oh, huh. shit, that's kind of right. Like, you you know, you can have your balance with your family and your work, but then when you go to sleep. Huh. It's like it's just where you put your energy and where you want to focus.
1: That's really interesting. Usually, sleep is like a no go for me, right? Same <laughs> or my sleep schedule is off. Like, I'll go to sleep at six in the morning and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, wait, it's one, which is like bad for me because I try to be at the studio like earlier, either for Mary Grove things or for skill set moving studio things. Mm-hmm. So, I completely get the no sleep thing but eventually your body tells you like, oh, oh yeah oh, you're like okay
0: like mm-hmm. i'm gonna know. put a pin in this yeah <laughs> so. um but do you think i'm just curious as to your opinion on this something that i've been personally thinking about is like the granted we all are struggling to some degree but also like the performance aspect of being a struggling artist like i feel like sometimes you know we all want to be financially stable mm-hmm. like that's 100 the ideals but it's almost like you have to be the struggling artist to have people support you or get behind all the work that you're doing. And on top of that, you need to be doing all these 500. Yeah. So I'm wondering if like, that's just
1: generational shift or that's just the current climate of what how our arts is set up. I don't know. And it's, it's funny that you say that. Um, short story, I and how I even got into all of this, let's call it arts advocacy work for mm-hmm. dance Arts advocacy work. The guy who I spoke up earlier, his name is Devon Campbell. We had a conversation, and this was years ago. I, I think we were still in high school, or maybe I was still in high school because we asked each other, Would you rather be financially stable, or would you, and maybe not dance as much as you would like, or would you be a starving artist and, you know, maybe not necessarily know where your next. Meal is coming from, or how you're going to pay your rent, but you are doing what you love and dance, you know. And it's a shame that they have to be separate. But yeah, we asked ourselves, a
0: choice.
1: We asked ourselves this over ten years ago, mm-hmm. and you're right. I I see that people are like, oh, that's a struggling artist. Maybe they need more assistance as opposed to someone. It's who, like there's
0: almost something wrong with being yeah, a yeah. stable
1: artist. And so honestly, we. We kind of decided then, and I said, you know what? Because, and you hear this in a lot of stories. People say, well, I moved to New York, and I moved there with X amount of dollars and a dream. Fifteen dollars in
0: my bank account, <laughs> right? Or sleeping on
1: couches. Yeah, right. I um, I moved to LA, and I had nothing but my car, like, and you know, that's such a common story. And so I said, well, you know what? I'm okay with that. Like, and he was like, you know what? I'm not. Mm-hmm. And so now. We're both in dance career paths, but he is like—not to put him out there—but he's rolling in the big dough <laughs> because he's like Mister Studios. So he works at like eighteen thousand studios in Michigan, and he's like hip hop. He's always running from place to place. Oh yeah, yeah. And me, I'm like rubbing pennies. St- no, I'm just playing <laughs> nickels, 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 nickels. You know. But and he's—I'm the one with the degree, but he's like you know he's amazing. So I'm not saying he doesn't have a degree, and, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying like he's decided, we decided then, like I said, well, you know what, this is what but my path is going to be. And he said, this is what his is going to be. So it's nice to see that we've kind of definitely both done a lot in the arts community, but we kind of landed where we, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where we said. And so I hope that sort of stigma improves um, and that People realize, well, art is art and you, whether you're a struggling or starving artist or not, that doesn't make your art any more valid or Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you aren't working as diligently for whatever your goal is.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think it's also, it's like, we need to learn to value our time
1: more. Yes.
0: Experience does not pay the bills, people. Yes.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: Once you start valuing yourself and realize, like, yeah, wait, the minute you get paid, you are a professional in this mm-hmm, industry. Mm-hmm. You just have to be paid for all the time that you're putting in. Like, right. if you even if you don't have a degree, like, right, right, this right. is your chosen profession. You should be paid for your yes. time and all of your skills. Yes,
1: yes. So definitely. we need to
0: check ourselves, and then everyone needs to check themselves.
1: And it's super hard <laughs> as an artist to figure out, like, what is my worth? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, how do I charge for... Whatever it is that I'm offering. Yeah,
0: I think I saw something on Facebook. It was like, whatever you think it is, add at least $15 to it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, because I feel like oftentimes, more so than not, we undervalue ourselves. Oh, yeah. Like, we're doing something that we love. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay, but. I think society does that, too. Like, well, you are dancing all day. So, I mean, you don't, you know, and even when I talk to, like, my family, they're like, well, you just dance all day. And even when I was in school, they're like... And that's not hard? (laughs) Yeah. like Well, I say, well, I'm using my physical... like, And and the other thing I say to people in regards to dance is, my body is my tool. Like, if I was a mechanic, I would have a screwdriver or a wrench or whatever. Mm -hmm. My body is my tool. I can replace a wrench. I can't replace my body. Well, I can nowadays, but it's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. So I get one tool to utilize it within my profession mm-hmm. and so because that's my body and I only get that one tool you know it's definitely worth something and me Mr. Big Hearted mm-hmm. I'm like oh like I want to help okay I'll do it for free or okay you know I'll do ABC XYZ and then I'm like oh yeah so what am I gonna eat today <laughs> you know so it's been an mm-hmm. ongoing struggle to say the very, very least. It's been an ongoing thing. But I, like I said, I hope that society begins to take artists and not just dancers, but artists in general, a little bit more serious in that sense and say, okay, let's normalize paying them <laughs> efficiently, yeah. efficiently. Yeah.
0: So still thinking about valuing ourselves and other artists, but you're stepping into a major advocacy role, am I correct? Yes.
1: I what is this next big role for you? So I am currently... I don't even know how to word this because it's like so... <laughs> so new for you? It's so new. Currently the new director, coordinator, person, guy. <laughs> Artistic
0: <laughs> director. At
1: Mary Grove Conservancy. So Mary Grove is currently under this new idea. Um, we are no longer a college, which is a...
0: Very sad thing. It's a sad, it sad thing.
1: Happened. Yeah. It's a sad thing, but um, it's great in in the sense of what exactly is happening there. So it's called the Mary Grove Conservancy and pretty much it is still centered around the same principles that the college was. So community community empowerment uh, and education. So the Kresge organization gave Mary Grove $50 million, pretty much to help turn it into what it is and what it's going to be, um, as well as to bring about what they're calling a P through 20 program. And what that is, is it's pretty much like childcare all the way to collegiate level classes. So then they brought in the Detroit public school system, as well as um, U of M, to create this sort of program. Um, it's a really, it's called the school at Marygrove and it's on the Mary Grove Conservancy campus. Um, So they have that. And then there are a variety of different organizations that are all community-based, including Skillset Movement Studios, um, that come together to make it what I'm calling a super... (laughs) a super community center. Okay. And so... There's a school there, like I said, and then there's all of these organizations that come together to make it sort of really like a
0: central point where all these different lanes and avenues and Detroit dance are coming
1: together. basically. Exactly. And the new president of the Mary Grove Conservancy, her name is Rachel Allen. She said that she sort of modeled it after a school that I'm sorry, not a school, another sort of community organization in want to say it's called Durfee and they're doing some really great things over there um again it's all about education and community empowerment um so definitely you know check us out and see what all we have in store honestly right now there's a lot going on um, because we're still everybody's trying to figure out like what does this mean um, us transitioning from a college to this completely new idea However, I think there are some really great things happening and I'm excited to be a part of this transition. So what I deal with the most is a program that's been established for years upon years um, and it's called the Institute of Music and Dance. And pretty much what it is, is it's a program that offers both youth and adults alike arts training. So we have dance classes, we have vocal music classes, instrument acting, we even have visual arts. So like painting, graphic design, things of that nature. And so we offer all of these at an extremely affordable rate, extremely affordable rate. So anybody who's in the community, I would definitely say if you're looking for something, definitely come check us out. Um, We are under what's called the Center for Detroit Arts and Culture. You can find all of the information about what it's about, more information about how we're all fitting under the conservancy and et cetera, et cetera, on the DetroitArtsCulture.org website. Yeah, I'm just super happy to be a part of this new Mary Grove. And, yeah,
0: and I look forward to having you do all your skills. Yes. Pun intended. And <laughs> in bringing it to the table.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So um, that's a whole separate group of kids. And... Even adults, like I said, that train in a variety of different art genres. And so I'm sort of supervising that. Um, My job there is to really just keep that going because it's such a great thing in the community. Myself, as well as my partner, Kit Nakeem Jones-Jones and um, Mary Lou Green, which if you're familiar with Mary Grove, you know that she's been the visual of performing arts. Um, She's been the visual of, I'm sorry, Mary Lou Green has been over visual and performing arts there for years. Yeah, it's just really nice to be a part of the the team and um, keeping everything going and sort of figuring out where we fit into this climate of Metro Detroit art and making the new Mary Grove the best it can be. Making everything as efficient as possible, providing, again, fitting into everything else I've tried to do. Providing opportunities for Michigan artists.
0: So I think this is a good point to transition to some fan questions. Yes, I can't wait. Okay, yeah. So the first fan question is coming from Wasserman Brothers Landscaping. Sorry, I don't have a name attached to it. I just have the handle.
1: Cool.
0: They ask, and I'm actually going to also tag on like a part two to this. Mm-hmm. So it's like a slash them slash me. Okay. Um, they ask currently, what is your favorite song? What's hmm. on Brandon's playlist? You know
1: that's so hard to answer. Let's Is there see. a favorite
0: artist that you're listening to currently?
1: I just listen to everything, so it's super weird. Um, you know, I, people ask me that all the time, and I always like say the most random. Well, that's thing. okay. Maybe
0: like my little parameters will help. What, okay? What has been one of your top songs to have choreographed to? Maybe kind of bring it in.
1: Hmm. Well. Uh, I would say, I don't know, that's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say, I really like contemporary classical music as of lately. So I make a lot of contemporary work to that. I also like poetry. I have some roots in poetry. So I make pieces to spoken word sometimes. Which is music in a sense? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I it just depends on the day. Some days my favorite song could be something that's, you know, on the radio and another day it could be Mozart, another day it could be Yeah,
0: I feel like that's just also typical for dancers. Yeah. We legitimately
1: listen to everything. Yes, because yes, like, yes, yes. it
0: encompasses so many different moods or mm-hmm. like what you're trying to accomplish.
1: Yeah, so I that's a great question. Something I, to think
0: I, on. Yes,
1: <laughs> I definitely will do that.
0: Well, we have another question. Um, it comes from Nicole at Nikki Lane 3 She asks, what stigmas do you face being a contemporary male dancer of color in the industry?
1: Wow. A little bit of
0: a big one. Yes.
1: So I always feel like I have to prove myself. And it's so funny that this question was asked because even at Marygrove, you know, I'm an alone. And so sometimes I come across people who still see me as the kid I was, you know, 17, 18 walking around, you know. I mean, that's one way. Um, But just everywhere I started, I don't know who told me I could dance once again or, you know, but I started dancing late, but I started teaching and choreographing pretty, you know, early. And so, and I started doing like events and, you know, all kinds of things like really early, even before I was. Done with high school, even. And so I would come across a lot of people who are like, Where are your parents? Like, what do you mean you want to do an event like at my venue and you want to rent it and, you know, all of these things? And so I found that not only as a young African American male artist, but as a quote unquote <laughs> businessman, mm-hmm. like, I've definitely come across some things and I've always felt like I had to prove myself more. So I try to be on top of things like things and I try to be transparent things that I don't know I don't act like I know them I you know ask for help
0: Mm -hmm. well Um, it's very important yeah
1: I ask for help or I say hey I'm genuinely interested in this thing how do I go about doing this thing in terms of art I try to like know what I'm talking about I'm the same way like I don't if it's something I'm not comfortable with I don't teach it if it's something that you know I'm not knowledgeable about like I try to gain the knowledge before I speak on it or Mm -hmm. before I incorporate it. Or I may say, hey, well, I'm just using this as an example. I've never done this, but let's say I create some work and I feel the need to add um, maybe salsa in it. Well, salsa is not in any shape or form my style, I wouldn't add that. And if I were, if I just felt like this really incorporates, I mean this really encompasses. Means, yeah. yeah, I need to incorporate this. Well then I would become more educated about it. I might even seek out some people who are, you like know, bring experts. Someone in. In. Yeah. Yeah. And so um that's just been my way mm-hmm. is to just become more knowledgeable about it and try to be as smart about it and as professional About it as I can because I don't know everything and I'm young ish. (laughs) So, you know, I want to learn more. I still have a hunger to learn and and all of that. And I'm forever a student. So I find that. Which is a good
0: mentality to have, I think, personally. Yeah. You don't have to
1: physically be in school, but like just being a student of life. Right. So, um, to answer the question, I just, I do come across some struggles, honestly, almost daily in some way or another, but I just try to, you know, do whatever I can to, you know, become more knowledgeable. And and again, unfortunately, I do feel like I have to prove myself more. So it makes me work harder. You know, some people are like, hey, what qualifies you to have a studio? You know what I mean? Right now, you're only this age, like you've done all these things, but you know, what Like, what qualifies you? And And you're like,
0: I see a need and I'm gonna make this happen. So, what's wrong with doing that? Yep.
1: Yeah. And so, So,
0: yeah. So, what words of advice would you have or would you like young male dancers of color to hear?
1: You're not alone. (laughs) And just know that if it's been placed upon your heart to, to do this, then you just need to see it through. I have come through so much. Um, Like I said, my family, they're my biggest fans now. But even my family, they were like, no, to dance at first. And, you know, it seemed like everything was like not going my way in terms of me dancing. And now everything is the exact opposite. Like it's all falling together. It's all coming together. So I would just say, I would just say, keep going. And hey, I'm always here. Like, so I'm super, like, approachable, like, Which we're going to get into
0: next. How can people get into contact with you and keep up with everything you're doing?
1: Please give me a call or text me or email me. You can email me at skillsetmovementstudios at gmail.com. You can contact me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, My personal Facebook is skills, S-K-I-L-Z, the performer. Or my Instagram is just skills, You can also contact me via the studio page. Most of the time, I'm the one who's actually running it. If it's not one of the staff members, Skillset Movement Studios, please, please, please. My number is on there. You can call me like I'm super approachable. I'd love, love, love to speak with really anybody who's interested, Mm -hmm. but especially African-American or just men in general because, you know, men, that's a whole nother topic that oh, I want to yeah. get into. yeah whole but,
0: separate podcast. We could um, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, but um, men in dance is like a, a, a thing. There's a whole stigma against it. So I'd love to speak to any guys who are contemplating doing dance or staying in it or maybe being a choreographer or kind of coming into some um, leadership position within dance. Like, I'd love to speak to you. And there are plenty of other men in the industry and Metro Detroit that I'm sure would feel the same way and have had some similar experiences to myself. So yes, that was a excellent question. And it's funny that you asked that because literally I go through stuff like that every day, like every day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this with me and with all the listeners.
1: Thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it. And I am ecstatic about the opportunity and humbled that, you know, you saw fit to have me here. And I can't wait to see. I know this is going to take off. And I can't wait to see how amazing it is. And the next time you invite me, what building? You're going to be in <laughs> some big fancy building.
0: And, you <laughs> yeah, know. we'll see. And for those of you who haven't heard, like, this is just a
1: home studio right now. So that's where we're at. <laughs> but, but no, it's super cute. And, like, I think this is going to blossom to be this, like, big thing that is the way of michigan or midwest dance. um i, I really think it is because it's so needed in our community. Mm-hmm. it's so needed and nobody's ever if somebody had the idea nobody ever like put the the work in to yeah, do it to make it happen. to make it happen. so i i'm again humbled and thankful and i'm going to send everybody your way. thank you. yes. yes. and thank you guys for participating. i appreciate yeah. it.
0: course all right well we're gonna close it down and thank you so much again and i had the biggest smile on my face honestly no problem problem. all right thank you everyone goodbye (laughs) thank you so much for listening to this episode of dance lives in detroit be sure to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter for all your social media needs and don't forget lastly we are on patreon if you like what we've been creating so far and are interested in providing some financial support in exchange for exclusive content, check out our Patreon page today. You can find out more information on what we're offering and how to support us at www.patreon.com forward slash Detroit. On next week's episode, I sit down with the newest member of the DLD team, Isabella Brown. She joins us as an organizer with our Detroit Dancer Relief Fund and a writer of original content for our website. We'll talk about the current state of Detroit dance and how COVID-19 has both impacted it as well as her personal life as a member of our dance community.